European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 1, Focus Issue, Cardiac and Vascular Surgery, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. A comprehensive update on cardiovascular surgery, challenges and opportunities. This focus issue on cardiac and vascular surgery contains the meta-analysis Sex Differences in Outcomes After Coronary Artery Bypass Grafting, a pooled analysis of individual patient data, by Mario Gardino from the Vial Cornell Medicine in New York, USA and colleagues. Coronary artery bypass grafting, or cabbage, is the best therapeutic option in a large subset of patients with severe coronary artery disease. The authors note that data suggests that women have worse outcomes than men after cabbage, but results have been inconsistent across studies. Due to the large differences in baseline characteristics between sexes, suboptimal risk adjustment due to low-quality data may be the reason for the observed differences. To overcome this limitation, they undertook a systematic review and pooled analysis of high-quality individual patient data from large cabbage trials to compare the adjusted outcomes of women and men. The primary outcome was a composite of all-cause mortality, myocardial infarction, or MI, stroke, and repeat revascularization, major adverse cardiac, and cerebrovascular events, or MACE. The secondary outcome was all-cause mortality. Multivariable mixed-effect Cox regression was used. Four trials involving 13,193 patients, 10,479 male, and 2,714 female were included. Over five years follow-up, women had a significantly higher risk of MACE, adjusted hazard ratio, or HR, 1.12, P equaling 0.004, but similar mortality, adjusted HR, 1.03, P equaling 0.51, compared with men. Women had a higher incidence of MI, adjusted HR, 1.30, 95% confidence interval, 1.11 to 1.52, and repeat revascularization, adjusted HR, 1.22, 95% confidence interval, 1.04 to 1.43, but not stroke, adjusted HR, 1.17, 95% confidence interval, 0.90 to 1.52. The difference in MACE between sexes was not significant in patients 75 years and older. The use of off-pump surgery and multiple arterial grafting did not modify the difference between sexes. Gaudino et al. conclude that women have worse outcomes than men in the first five years after cabbage. This difference is not significant in patients aged over 75 years and is not affected by the surgical technique. The article is accompanied by an editorial by Yolanda Kluwen from the Amsterdam University Medical Center and Sanna Peters from the Utrecht University in the Netherlands. The authors note that a fundamental issue underpinning the uncertainties in factors underlying sex differences in coronary heart disease, or CHD, is the persistent underrepresentation of women in medical research, including in trials of CHD drugs. Also, even when a sufficient number of women are included, sex disaggregated analyses are often not conducted and or discussed adequately. 
Hence, while studies such as those by Gaudino et al. are essential in closing the evidence gap, concerted efforts are needed to dismantle the social, behavioural, pathophysiological and clinical factors underpinning sex differences in outcomes of cabbage, and to translate those into medical, education, clinical guidelines and clinical practice. This will lead to new mechanistic insights and improved preventive, diagnostic and therapeutic targets, and will improve health outcomes for women and men and reduce health inequalities. The global burden of peripheral artery disease, or PAD, is substantial. PAD revascularization can be performed by either an endovascular or open surgical approach. In a clinical research article entitled Long-Term Outcomes Following Endovascular and Surgical Revascularization for Peripheral Artery Disease, a Propensity Score-Matched Analysis. Saman Pavar from the University of Adelaide in Australia and colleagues note that despite increasing use of endovascular revascularization, it's still uncertain which strategy yields better long-term outcomes. This retrospective cohort study evaluated patients hospitalized with PAD in Australia and New Zealand who underwent either endovascular or surgical revascularization between 2008 and 2015 and compared procedures using a propensity score-matched analysis. Hybrid interventions were excluded. The primary endpoint was mortality or major adverse limb events, defined as a composite endpoint of acute limb ischemia, urgent surgical or endovascular reintervention, or major amputation, up to eight years post-hospitalization using a time-to-event analysis. A total of 14,339 match pairs, mean plus or minus SDH 71 plus or minus 12 years, 73% male, with good covariate balance were identified. Endovascular revascularization was associated with an increase in combined major adverse limb events or mortality, HR 1.13, P being less than 0.001. There was similar risk of major adverse limb events, HR 1.04, P equaling 0.15, but higher mortality, HR 1.16, P being less than 0.001, when endovascular repair was compared with surgery. In subgroup analysis, these findings were consistent for both claudication and chronic limb-threatening ischemia presentations. The authors conclude that although the long-term risk of major adverse limb events was comparable for both approaches, enduring advantages of surgical revascularization included lower long-term mortality. This is at odds with some prior PAD studies and highlights contention in this space. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Christian Alexander Behrend from the University Medical Center Hamburg-Eppendorf in Germany. Behrend concludes that the study by Parvar and colleagues used a robust design to generate important hypotheses that should be addressed in future studies. Until more comparative effectiveness data from high-quality trials become available, an open-minded multidisciplinary approach and regular case discussions may help to find a way through inconsistent or missing evidence. Acute aortic dissection, or AAD, is frequently a challenging surgical emergency. Operability of type A AAD, or TA AAD, is currently based on a non-standardized decision-making process 
and it lacks a disease-specific risk evaluation model that can predict mortality. In a clinical research article entitled Determinants of Outcomes Following Surgery for Type A Acute Aortic Dissection, the UK National Adult Cardiac Surgical Audit, Umberto Benedetto from the University of Bristol in the UK and colleagues, investigated intraoperative data, surgeon and centre-related variables for patients who underwent TAAAD in the UK. The authors identified 4,203 patients undergoing TAAAD surgery in the UK 2009-2018 who were enrolled into the UK National Adult Cardiac Surgical Audit dataset. The primary outcome was operative mortality. Variations related to hospital or surgeon effects were quantified by a generalised mixed linear model and risk-adjusted funnel plots by displaying the individual's standardised mortality ratio against expected deaths. Independent predictive variables of mortality were age, odds ratio or OR, 1.02, P being less than 0.001, malperfusion, OR 1.79, P being less than 0.001, left ventricular ejection fraction with moderate OR 1.40, P equaling 0.001, and poor, odds ratio 2.83, being less than 0.001. Previous cardiac surgery, OR 2.29, being less than 0.001. Preoperative mechanical ventilation, OR 2.76, being less than 0.001. Preoperative resuscitation, OR 3.36, P equaling 0.028. And concomitant cabbage. OR 2.29, P being less than 0.001. The authors found a significant inverse relationship between surgeons but not center annual volume with outcomes. Benedetto and colleagues conclude that patient characteristics, intraoperative factors, and high volume surgeons are strong determinants of outcomes following TAAAD surgery. These findings may help in refining clinical decision-making, supporting patient counselling, and be used by policymakers for quality assurance and service provision improvement. This paper is accompanied by an editorial by Martin Schöne and Bartosz Rilski from the University Heart Centre Freiburg in Bad Krotzingen, Germany. The authors highlight that in summary, it's all about the location of the primary entry tear as well as the presence or absence of malperfusion. This knowledge, together with the routine application of the TEM classification and the Garada score, mirrors the development of acute aortic dissection to the archetype of personalised aortic medicine and will help in further refinement of therapeutical strategies, leading to better outcome in the years to come. The choice between percutaneous coronary interventions, or PCIs, and cabbage remains controversial. In a clinical research article entitled 10-Year All-Cause Death After Percutaneous or Surgical Revascularization in Diabetic Patients with Complex Coronary Artery Disease, Rutal Wang from the National University of Ireland and colleagues sought to compare rates of all-cause death at 10 years following cabbage or PCI in patients with or without diabetes. The Syntaxis study 
evaluated up to 10-year survival of 1,800 patients with 3-vessel disease, or 3VD, and or left main coronary artery disease, or LMCAD, randomized to receive either PCI or cabbage in the Syntax trial. In diabetics, the risk of mortality was numerically higher with PCI compared with cabbage at 5 years, 19.6% versus 13.3%, HR 1.53, P equaling 0.075, with the opposite seen between 5 and 10 years. PCI versus cabbage, 20.8% versus 24.4%, HR 0.82, P equaling 0.366. Irrespective of diabetic status, there was no significant difference in all-cause death at 10 years between patients receiving PCI or cabbage. The absolute treatment difference was 1.9% in diabetics. PCI versus cabbage, 36.4% versus 34.5%, difference 1.9%, P equaling 0.551. Among insulin-treated patients, all-cause death at 10 years was numerically higher with PCI, 47.9% versus 39.6%, difference 8.2%, P equaling 0.227. Wang et al. conclude that the treatment effects of PCI versus cabbage on all-cause death at 10 years in patients with 3VD and or LMCAD were similar irrespective of the presence of diabetes. There may, however, be a survival benefit with cabbage in patients with insulin-treated diabetes. The association between revascularization strategy and very long-term ischemic and safety outcomes for patients with diabetes needs further investigation in dedicated trials. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by William Bowden from the Boston University School of Medicine, Raffaella de Catarina from the University of Pisa, and David Taggart from Oxford University. The authors conclude that the methodology used by Wang et al. in this syntax analysis raises several major concerns that seriously challenge their conclusions that 10-year all-cause mortality was not different in diabetic patients treated with either PCI or cabbage, and that diabetes did not discriminate any between-group differences in mortality. Finally, in a clinical research article entitled Cardiovascular Magnetic Resonance Imaging in Suspected Cardiac Tumor, a Multicenter Outcomes Study, Raymond Shetan Shenoy from the Duke University Medical Center and colleagues Note that cardiovascular magnetic resonance, or CMR imaging, is a key diagnostic tool for the evaluation of patients with suspected cardiac tumors. In this multicenter study of patients undergoing clinical CMR for suspected cardiac tumor, CMR diagnoses were assigned as no mass, pseudomass, thrombus, benign tumor, or malignant tumor. A final diagnosis was determined after follow-up using all available data. The primary endpoint was all-cause mortality. Among 903 patients, the CMR diagnosis was no mass in 25%, pseudomass in 16%, thrombus in 16%, benign tumour in 17%, and malignant tumour in 23%. Over a median of 4.9 years, 376 patients died. Compared with the final diagnosis, the CMR diagnosis was accurate in 98.3% of patients. Patients with CMR diagnosis of pseudomass and benign tumour 
had similar mortality to those with no mass, whereas those with malignant tumour, HR 3.31, and thrombus, HR 1.46, had significantly greater mortality. The CMR diagnosis provided incremental prognostic value over clinical factors, including left ventricular ejection fraction, coronary artery disease, and history of extracardiac malignancy, P being less than 0.001. The authors conclude that in patients with suspected cardiac tumour, CMR has high diagnostic accuracy. Patients with CMR diagnosis for no mass, pseudomass, and benign tumour have similar long-term mortality. The CMR diagnosis is a powerful independent predictor of mortality incremental to clinical risk factors. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Grigorios Korosoglu and colleagues from the GRN hospital Weinheim, Germany. The authors conclude that the study by Shenoy et al. represents a very important step towards establishing the role of CMR, not only for the diagnostic classification but also for the precise risk stratification of patients with suspected cardiac tumours. Further multicenter studies are now warranted, investigating the specific use of multimodal imaging, including echocardiography, CMR, cardiac CT, and positron emission tomography for the diagnostic workup and risk stratification of such patients. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Right Ventricle Assessment in Patients with Pulmonary Embolism, Low Risk Equals Low Yield for Systematic Echocardiography. Lars Huber and Mattia Arrigo from the University of Zurich in Switzerland comment on the recent publication, Right Ventricle Assessment in Patients with Pulmonary Embolism at Low Risk for Death Based on Clinical Models an individual patient data meta-analysis by Cecilia Beccatini from the University of Perugia in Italy and colleagues. Beccatini et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.